Hi gang, welcome to the preview show sponsored by Betway. Jose hates VAR. The North London Derby's back. It's Friday 10th of July. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Andy Brassel. Friday, ladies and gentlemen, you've made it. Have you got that feeling? Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> yes, Andy B. What about you, baby? Well, I think as you can hear from the intro, I've very much got that feeling. <laughs> I've got the feeling of being Marcus Speller today. I My think. giddy yeah. bit, bit, bit of a Bit of a roar at the end. You yeah, lucky little sausage. Have fun with it, Andy. Oh, indeed. Let yourself go. Let your hair down, mate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, gentlemen, before we get down to it, really, before we talk turkey, <laughs> I, uh, I was, I've been watching a bit of television the past couple of months. Okay. I saw an excellent uh, documentary on the other day uh, on Terrestrial about Liverpool under Paisley winning their first Champions League and so on. It, wonderful scenes of European course. Cup. European Cup, yeah, sorry. Yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. Luke. Yeah. You're very uh, you're very you're wise. Just gonna, to... I just some these yeah. days I just want to avoid the uh-huh. Twitter admin. Indeed. That's all. <laughs> Robert Paisley. <laughs> yeah, okay, right. if we're going to be and uh, <laughs> And uh, Phil Neal told a story that uh, in the celebrations and all, when they got back into the dressing room or something, he took his boots off. And as he took his boots off, he like flicked his boot and it smacked one of the players in the eye and gave him a black eye. And unfortunately, in the celebrations, you can see a bit of a black eye. Um, guess which Liverpool player it was? <laughs> <laughs> it was it really? It was Kevin Keegan. <laughs> was it really? That, how are we still uncovering information? <laughs> Regular listeners will know what we're talking about. New listeners to this show, Kevin Keegan. There's, there's not enough time to start and finish, but a hapless man till the very end. Let's be absolutely fair. A fine pair of aviators to cover it, though, on the parade did look. That's textbook. It that is textbook. He looked yeah. magnificent, mm. apart from that black eye. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move on from, uh, from Keggy, uh, sadly. Let's go straight to Tottenham Hotspur. Big news this morning. They're releasing an all or nothing documentary. Yeah, it's well, it's been in the in the works for a long while. Yeah. Um the trailer, the kind of teaser trailer, mm. as as the as is the uh, the uh, industry mm-hmm. vernacular, I believe, um yeah. dropped this morning. And Luke, is it possible? I never thought it was possible to have so much nuance in twenty two seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Andy, as you said uh, just before we came on, was it the right time to kind of <laughs> announce the uh the, the, the documentary it's, all it is brilliant. it's brilliant in the last six seconds of it where you hear Daniel Levy's voice as Mourinho walks into the press conference going only time will tell if it was the right decision or not yeah uh-huh. But the thing I is, mean, Marcus, the like, nerve of dropping that the morning after the nil-nil draw you guys are, and that performance <laughs> is unbelievable you're right to say that you're right to ask the question but I will just counter by saying yeah when will there be the right time to drop it? <laughs> it's like they've sat around and gone, we've got to drop it at some point. Yeah. When are we, we going to do, we it? Can't do it? it the, keep it for two, can't do two it. managers down the line? Yeah, yeah true. Yeah, yeah. We can't do it after that Everton win, okay. Bournemouth, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely after... <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. All right, well, the time has yeah. lapsed. Uh, another poor performance uh, from Mourinho's men. Um, although always, cle- always pleasing to keep a clean sheet, of course. That's two on the bounce. Platform. <laughs> a huge platform. He was on top form, wasn't he, post-match? You say that. He can't even perform in the press conference anymore. <laughs> It just it just reminded me. Yeah. You know that bit where you know between Mourinho and Guardiola when they're Real Madrid and Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Seems a Mourinho long, and long Guardiola. Time ago now. It, it, it does, but th- that moment where Mourinho thinks, "Yes, I am the winner," when mm-hmm. um, Guardiola has that sort of flip out in the press conference where mm-hmm. he goes, "Well, okay, I, I know what you're saying, and he's the effing boss." Etc. In in the in the mm-hmm. press conference room. And Mourinho must have been enjoying that. I, I 
feel sure in saying that despite all the trophies he's won, that is his career high point. Maybe. He, I don't think there's anything he enjoyed more during his career. But Barcelona he's, not, players. He's, he's not even there anymore. The, the way he just ripped off the, the, the headphones. No. Yeah. Can you the hear Barcelona me? players appreciated it, apparently, when Guardiola said that. Like, they, he, but the, the talk mm. is that they were they were constantly asking him to show a bit more kind of yeah. back up and kind of stick up mm. from a bit mm. more. Yeah. But, but look, you Work know. for Keegan and Benitez. Yeah, it did. Exactly. <laughs> but, but you know, you know, you know there is definitely something of, of the, of, I'm going to say piss take, yeah. about, um, <laughs> you saw that game last night, first team to not have a shot on target against Bournemouth for five years. Do you want to watch a documentary about us? <laughs> not really, to be honest. No. All or nothing. Well, at least you've given us an option there. I, I understand I'm in the minority here because of the job I do, but I've got to watch that for work. Yeah, I've got to watch it. I'm probably going to have to watch that. So can they do something about this on the pitch? Mm, it's one of those ones where I'm pretty sure a lot of uh, supporters thought, I'm glad that we weren't allowed in the ground for that. <laughs> <laughs> Very glad indeed. Um, it wasn't a great before. I mean, Andy, I don't know about you, but I, I, I obviously wrote notes about watching the game, mm. and I've just written Spurs' tempo is absolutely embarrassing. Yeah. Like the 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 lack of tempo in their play, and I understand they should have had a penalty. That 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 was a dictionary definition. Harry Kane at the World Cup twenty nine twenty eight. It was a bit Colombia, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he get, he get, he got penalties like that about four hundred and sixty times throughout that yeah. throughout that tournament. It was a penalty. Var got that wrong. We can talk yeah. about Var, but. First and foremost, the pace at which they moved the ball, oh. which I think is the minimum you need to expect yeah. at the top for a top level Premier League mm. club, was so slow, it just made it so easy for Bournemouth, didn't it? Well, we've talked very much about the Ramble being in a tournament format because it's very much a, a, a summer of football. Yeah. I think and Spurs are Spurs are playing <laughs> at a tournament tempo. You know, when we normally watch a World Cup or a European mm. Championship and we go, well, all the players have played because they've played, they've played 60 games. You feel that about Spurs. There's no vitality. There's no energy. Well, there was last night, if you see what I mean. But Andy, the thing is, Mourinho was saying a week ago, they've had too much rest. They should mm. be raring to go. <laughs> it's baffling. It's absolutely baffling it what's makes, happened. I mean, when you say it's sort of football, what, are, they kind of, are they playing their way in? You see what I mean? They, they don't want to peak too early. You think to yourself, well, hang on, lads, it's going to be over in a minute. Yeah. Well, just in, in, terms of, in terms of energy, in terms of they're just being nothing, it's so listless. It is. Isn't it? With those, I mean, some of the players they have as well, it's, 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 it's not good enough. Are, some, it is not some of, good enough. Some of the, the stuff that Mourinho is setting up at the moment, where he's basically talking about the, the resources he has at his, at his, his fingertips, as you were saying, Marcus. I mean, it, it, it does take quite a nerve, really, mm. does, doesn't it? it? It's very much the sort of thing that Harry Redknapp was ridiculed for a, a, a long time of saying, well, look at the old shit the previous managers left yeah. me. But at least, at least Redknapp, there was a bit of swashbuckling uh, attacking at time. It was never like this. I mean, he, he is sapping the joy out of football for Tottenham Hotspur. Well, so, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about the content okay, sorry, of the sorry. football. I'm, yeah, to, I'm, talking, yeah. I'm talking about the argument. Oh, they've never, never had it so good. Well, you talk, never about, had it talk, so about, good. talk about Spurs under George Graham, which people complain about, but at least they had David Ginola. Oh, flipping heck. You know, it, 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 I mean, it's difficult. I, I actually would, s- would David Ginola shine in this side? He probably would get, would. We, the problem His is he probably wouldn't get a game, would he? He probably wouldn't get a game, mate. That's the problem. You look at Tongri and Dombele, and we can talk about him a little bit more detail. It doesn't get it doesn't get picked. Yeah. So there's there's obviously something going on there. But I saw on Twitter that a Spurs podcast <laughs> tweeted last night <laughs> that they're refusing to record an episode off the back of that game, saying in quotes they wouldn't waste their time on that shit show. <laughs> <laughs> Mourinho's only been in the job eight months. <laughs> eight months he's been in the job. Gordon bloody But you know on on the on the Ndombele thing, Andy, just while you're here because it's a great opportunity to ask you. I watched a 
I watched him obviously play the second half last night. Obviously, a huge amount of talent and ability. Exciting mm. player. Reason he went for a lot of money. Reason why a lot of clubs were after him. And I watched, for preparation for the show today, I watched the highlights um, uh, reel of, of him at Lyon. And I know it's not indicative of you know, what he's able to do and what he's able not to sure. do. But, but you can get a good idea of um, how he moves and what he does. He looked like a different player. He looked like he's moving... For Leon, he was moving him fast forward compared to what he's doing now. Have the injuries he suffered really affected him so badly that he can't he can't move freely? Because it doesn't look like he's moving very freely at all at the moment. I don't know, because I think there's a lot of players you could say that about. You could look at Harry Kane and say he doesn't look fit. I mean, is is that an issue? The, but he's the, constantly the being picked at least. With, with, all the, with all the players? I mean, yeah, I, I suppose that is a point. But with Ndombele, I thought he added something when he when he came on. Yeah. But it's all comparative, isn't it? Because when you saw Ndombele get the ball, surge past a couple of players and give it away, mm. and normally you'd be, oh, he's really underperforming. But actually, in the context of current Spurs, you're like, well, no. he's doing you know, what he should be doing. It's, it's half a step in the right direction, isn't it? Mm. Mm. But we know Mourinho hates possession. <laughs> so maybe if you do beat a couple of men, you, that, that's the default. You have yeah, to give that, it back that, to the opposition. That, that, that is an interesting point, actually, Marcus. Mm. If, if, if but he does, he does hate possession. Because he, that's not his... Uh, Ethos. No, it's, it's it's not his thing, and it's, mm. it's it's an interesting point. I think when it comes to Ndombélé, maybe one that's not really been dwelt on mm. that much. Whereas at Leon, possession is king. Mm. That, that's the most important thing. If you can't play, you're just not accepted. Yeah. So it's an entirely different culture. I yeah. realise people will say it's a step up. It's it's a step up in terms of league, um, league into the, the the Premier League. But in terms of a football culture, is it? Especially for a young mm. player who's who's still developing, we realise he's come an extraordinary way in in two years at, at Lyon. But there's no suggestion that he's the the finished article. No. Well, Andy, all this talk about possession, it was the reason why you never really years ago fully bedded into the Ramble team because Morsey and I are all about possession. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but Spurs had Spurs had two thirds of it last night. Two thirds of it they had last night. Yeah, he and, hated, and, that's why he was so angry. And and they were only. Really, through let's get it absolutely right mm. through through luck and nothing else mm. because there's no way Josh King knew anything about that handball. It was mm. unfortunate oh. it hit his hand the way in, and it would have been a goal otherwise. What a three points that would have been for Bournemouth! Yeah, well. it, it's it's pretty grim stuff for Spurs. Let's, 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 let's be real. Yeah. And how bad have Bournemouth looked as well? Oh, so right. for, for Spurs to put Bournemouth in a position <clears throat> where they look like the more likely side to win the game in the in, 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 in the closing quarter, I mean that doesn't just say stuff about energy. A momentum. It, it does maybe say something a bit about fitness as well, doesn't it? It certainly does. Um, VAR-related news, gentlemen. We, we, we saw that uh, FIFA are to take uh, VAR operations. are going to take over them, and they want to have a uniformed approach to how it's applied across the world, which, which does make sense, especially when we get to tournaments, and this is really implemented uh, in, a, in a... Obviously, we've seen that already, but, but it will only get more of a talking point unless it's kind of synced up a, a little bit. And the good news is that Pierluigi Colina, the head of FIFA's Referees Committee, will oversee it, which, which certainly gives you... Uh, uh, it gives you a bit of bit of hope and, and a bit well, of. Uh... I don't. I don't think it is good news. No. Um, wholly, I think it's a good idea to standardise it. Uh-huh. Um, you know, because you know, if it's here to stay, then it's best to do it in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. But Kalina was the one piping up last week or the week before, saying that he didn't think there was anything wrong with the handball law or the you mm-hmm. know. And and that, as as I mentioned last week, I don't think anyone at the top level who's making these decisions about the laws of the game. I think there's anything wrong with the laws of the game. And we have to separate out VAR and mm. the handball law particularly, obviously. Yeah. They, I mean, VAR is, is one thing and the handball law, which is, I think, a nonsense at the moment, is different. But I wonder if they're in touch with what their 
product is doing to the mm-hmm. people who consume it. And that's a kind of horrible way of, of, of putting it. But they have to be listening more to the fans because if we just take last night alone, yeah. there's three decisions there that across um, across three with the Ward Prowse one, mm-hmm. the um, Kane one, and Bruno the Fernandes. Bruno Fernandez one. And the, the Premier League, I think themselves have since admitted that all three of them were wrong. Yeah. Yes. So well, I mean, that's that's a zero percent hit rate. It is, but it's I mean, low. But in terms of, I suppose, with regards to this news about FIFA and Kalina, and you say it is it good news? You've you've made me sort of rethink that because I think I've been blindsided by something I saw on Twitter. Yeah. Um. It was uh. It was from Richard Keys. Big Keysy. Who says this uh, with regards to the news? One small step for man, one giant leap for football. At last. Game over, Mike Riley. I'm told I may have played a small part in this decision. Good. <laughs> Flattered. <laughs> yeah. See ya. Yeah. So we've got Richard Keys to thank. Daft little rules. Silly <laughs> ref. <laughs> we've, got, we've got Richard Keys to in thank. In some way. I, th- yeah. I think we do. Uh, but we're always sort of indebted to him, I suppose. Does he go into any detail about what he's been able to do? I don't think he needs to. <laughs> I really don't. Has he just been chipping off on the TV? <laughs> and that's it. In Doha. Again, we thank yeah. you, Richard. We are... who, who knows Who knows what's going to happen? Let's, let's be absolutely clear. Who knows what's going to happen? Well, it depends what Keezy fancies. Yeah. In due yeah. course. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we shall see. Um, Eric Dyer's been banned for four matches, fined £40,000, of course, going into the crowd uh, after their FA Cup tight against uh, Norwich. Uh, Jose Mourinho, not happy with that either, Andy. He said, my feeling is in the majority of the cases, football is not protected by these people. The people that are powerful and don't belong to this world. Powerful people that people that, that don't belong to the tribe and they don't have feelings. It's very difficult to lead something when you don't have a clue about the world that you are leading. He's not going to get any VAR decisions. <laughs> I don't even know what he's talking about. No. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bizarre. Has he always been this bizarre, Andy? <laughs> well, he's always talked a lot. Yeah. I, I think that's clear. He's uh, less self-editing <clears throat> than, than he was in the, in, in, the, in the past. This is what happens, though, when you take one of his toys away. Because he loves old Dyer, doesn't he? It, it, he loves Eric Dyer. He does. It's very, it's very interesting though that he talks about you know people in power, no one wanting to challenge them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, he make, said, make make what you will of that. He said Dyer will be a key player next season. He hopes to turn him into a centre back where he believes Dyer is at his happiest. His future as a player is at centre back, in my opinion. Yeah, so? it, it makes sense. He hasn't got the mobility to no. to, to play in midfield. Certainly not in the Premier League. Mm. Um, I kind of like that idea. Maybe if you, you've got a back three, certainly, yeah. Yeah. where his lack of pace is, is, is covered a little bit from, from elsewhere. I mean, you've got to have Alder Varel in because he's your main playmaker, isn't he, basically, mm-hmm. if, you're, if, if you're Spurs. Yeah. So uh, those, those two in Sanchez. Yeah. Jobs are good, and it's all joy going forward, Spurs fans. <laughs> Indeed it is. Well, and it, that joy could start this Sunday, of course. They play Arsenal in the North London derby. I'll tell you something. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see how, how far it can turn Mm-hmm. before Mourinho how much can Mourinho actually withstand well, I'm sure he can withstand plenty but the pressure on Daniel Levy mm-hmm. would be extraordinary if they give another performance yeah. like these last couple of weeks and get beaten well the way Arsenal I mean going, that's, that's quite difficult to ride out I would have thought it is and, it, and it's, for Levy not for Mourinho just to reiterate sure but it's interesting at the moment in, in North London with those two clubs that Arsenal fans are in complete despair 
uh, not that long ago. But they've got a bit of hope with Arteta, and I, and I think we can understand that. They've improved the last few games. It's early days. I always but, think hope is important, but it turns out hope is comparative. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it can kill you as well. Yeah. But uh, but with, with Spurs, you, know, you look at the squad, you look at what's going on at that club, you'd think that they were in a healthier position uh, when Pochettino left and blah, blah, blah. Well, it, it's, they are being dragged into the mire, whereas Arsenal, like I say, I'm not saying that they're suddenly resurgent as a whole thing, but there is a flicker of hope there. Yeah, but like I said, it's, it's, it's comparative. And I guess it will be healthily comparative against mm-hmm. Spurs, given the way that things have been going for them over, over the last little while. I mean, I feel like both of these teams are such a long way off. Any, <laughs> any, any, any... Just such a load of crap. Well, well they, 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 they can say that if you want. They, I mean, they, they, measure, but, they should measure themselves by finishing in the, in the upper echelons, echelons of, the, of, the, of the division mm. and they're miles off it. Yeah. They're miles off it. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're 90... Like, I mean, it's, maybe it's a little bit fanciful to talk about um, about the league title based on what Liverpool have done this season. But we're on the show yesterday, we were talking about whether Pep Guardiola's got some questions to answer about the points return he's delivered this season. And I think mm. he has. They lost nine games. Yeah. 69 points is poor for that team. Mm-hmm. And, and and Arsenal and Spurs are 20, 19 and 20 points off that. They're, they're, they're <laughs> essentially a little, like a little bit better than mid-table. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and, and do you know what? This game against this Spurs, this game against Arsenal for Spurs is is I think it's huge. It's massive for both sides considering what's going on. It's Arteta a, a, gets a yeah. win. My goodness, it's, it's a litmus test of what Arteta's doing yeah. and the improvements they've made. Mm-hmm. But if 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 Spurs turn in that kind of performance last night well, against Arsenal, they'll get pulled to pieces. You, the yeah, if, and you know what? It's it's not really about the placement of where they are in the table. It's about the direction in which they're going, mm-hmm. and that's the thing with Arteta. It feels like at least gently they're going in the right direction I don't think any Arsenal yeah. fans out there believe it's all fixed or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or anything like that no. but it is about the direction in which you're going because I think I mean our friend Lars Sivertson made a very good point that people have short memories in terms of Spurs you know mm. what is their what is their standard in the in say the Premier League years? Mm. and for the for the first what 10 maybe 15 years of mm. The, mm. The, the the Premier League that they are not in the Champions League conversation at all, are they? They're not even close. No, no, but neither, neither are Leicester. But right? it's, no, no, but it's it's, it's got to be neither a Man City, by the way. It's got to be about direction, and hmm. I think them facing Arsenal at a time like this, obviously, it accentuates everything. Hmm. But as well, I think you know when you look at it's, it's quite comparable. We say in a way, Barcelona's current problems because Barcelona. What's funny with them at the moment? Be certainly, that comparison. Was going uh, they, 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 they will wait for it. Wait for <laughs> okay, it. It's not right, complimentary. Yeah. Okay, right. Get to the. I, I think the thing is with Barcelona, they've become the thing that they always hated. Mm. They became the thing that they took the piss out of Real Madrid for. Yeah. Are Spurs heading in that direction? Mm. In terms of the stadium, which is going to stop them yeah. from, with, certainly from, and, and certainly with 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 the manager that they've got, is going to stop him doing yeah. the work that he really wants. Very true. Very true. Uh, last night, there were some goals at uh, Villa Park. Uh, Villa were gubbed 3-0 by Manchester United. It was never a penalty. That we can uh, agree. Um, Luke, I want to turn our attention to Paulie Pogba and a, okay. and, and, a, and, a, and a point Roy Keane made. He said that Paul Pogba doesn't want to be a leader. And I thought this is this is this is a really interesting point. He seems freed up at the moment, doesn't he? Yeah. And if you think about the Juventus side that he that he played for, where where really he came to prominence, I think in terms of you know his global sort of status, you had Pirlo in there. You had would it have been Marquisio in Matuid, there? Well. Matuidi as well. Uh, possibly later, Arturo Vidal might have been in there. Yeah. The big players. Yeah, Matuidi comes later. Okay, right. Yeah. 
in the words of Graham Souness, big players. Yeah, big players. Big players. You know, and, and, and so he wasn't the focal point. He wasn't the leader. He could kind of get in there and just do his stuff. And that seems to be the case since Bruno Fernandes has come along. It's a really good point because I think we're we're almost trained these days to think that top players mm. who, who come for, for huge money, almost as part of that, need to be leaders as well. Yeah. And need to be these huge personalities in a way that means they bring the rest of the team along with them. Mm. And I don't necessarily think that's the case. Mm. Well, uh, not everyone's wired like that, no. are they? I mean, you could look at Thiago Silva, who's like the best centre-back probably of the last mm -hmm. 20 years out there. Not a great captain yeah. at, at all. And it's taken a while for people to separate, almost to the end of his career, actually, for people to separate that in, in their minds. But you, you make that point about Pogba. I think that's absolutely right. If mm. you look at the fact that um, Vidal moves on mm. and Pirlo moves on, the back of the, 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 the 2015 Champions League final, mm. the, the way that the Juventus midfield changes so much and Pogba gets that bit of extra responsibility at Juventus, mm -hmm. gets the number 10 shirt, really affected his form yeah. quite badly. He really had to, okay. yeah, and he had to recalibrate his, not just his position in the team, mm -hmm. but his position in the, the hierarchy. He found it quite difficult to, yeah. to deal with. I think so, yeah. He's still a young guy as well, although Roy Keane didn't need to say, well, he's a leader on social media. It's like, all right, yeah. Roy, come on. But, but the thing is, one, <laughs> one thing that people need to, um, to, to understand, I've seen a lot of criticism of Roy Keane online, and it's mostly criticism from people who live and breathe football, i.e. rely on their income for it and, and are very kind of forensic about it. And they're completely missing the point. It's the same thing about people complaining about the, the level of analysis on match of the day. 95% mm. of people who like football mm. don't care about heat maps and don't care about these kind of forensic ideas of tactics. And so when they say, oh, Roy Keane doesn't really say anything, he says a lot yeah. and he's charismatic and he makes great TV. And an example of that would be my wife. She likes football, but she's not massively into it. If Roy Keane's on, she'll watch it because she thinks he's brilliant to watch. Mm. And that's what TV is. Football is an extension of the entertainment industry after all. So Indeed. we have to bear in mind that Roy will come out with some stuff yeah. and it's going to be enjoyable to watch. Just sit back and enjoy it. But on, on this game particularly, mm. that stuff about Andy, Andy was saying about Paul Pogba is really interesting because he has looked excellent since he's come back in. Yeah, he has. There's no doubt about that. The whole team um, has. Well, maybe not at the back, but going forward, the midfield and the, the forwards. There's there's a couple of um, interesting talking points I think about this game. One is the VAR decision again, which makes, which, which actually in microcosm throws into focus how flawed VAR is, mm -hmm. because if that decision isn't given, and and VAR looks at it, it's not given as a penalty, but it's it's deemed to be not egregious enough to be overturned. So they go with the referee decision on the pitch. So like, we're, we're talking about umpire's call being the Like the, you were the saying the last, last week. Yeah. So what is actually happening is inconsistency mm. is happening because it's being baked into the process. Yeah. So Actually, you know what? Gab Marcotti made a really terrific point about this. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> he said... <laughs> I'm only joking. I love Gab. He, he, he said, because VAR is so new, maybe on-pitch referees don't make great VAR officials. Maybe VAR officials don't make mm. great on-pitch referees. And it's, it's a totally different rule. Just like the rule of the assistant referee mm -hmm. has changed yeah. totally. Stop it's, it's, it's absolutely Andy, it's, it's transformed. A, it's, a, it's a fair point. What needs to happen, in my opinion, is they need to stop fucking complicating it. Mm. Stop complicating everything all the time. I can understand you can, you can say to a referee while he's refereeing a game, it's a fast-paced game, lots is happening, he's, he's struggling to keep control of it. The VAR guy can come on his ear and say, look, you might want to look at that again. Mm. Have another look at that again. Take a minute, go and have a look on the screen. Mm. Fine. The referee gets another look at it from a different angle and he can make a decision. I don't even agree with that personally, but mm. I get that. 
this whole thing is just layer on layer on layer of complexity. It's been pushed through really quickly, far too quickly, if you remember, mm. so it could be used for the World Cup before it had been mm -hmm. tested properly. And now we're seeing this inconsistency across Europe, which, Marcus, as you've already mentioned, may be changed because it's going to be taken under FIFA's wing, which I suppose is a good thing. I don't know if it is, actually. It might not be. I, I think it might not be. I think the, the idea that the interpretation of rules has to be standardised all over football, it goes against how match officiating is, is, is currently done. I mean, everything, the rules, we had this story, didn't we, in um, Spain earlier in the, in the week. Um, there was last weekend's game, last Sunday's game between Athletic and Real Madrid. And there was a story, um, I think it was in Ass, about how maybe a penalty had not been given against Sergio Ramos because oh, that's right, the, yeah. original, the original IFAB rules are in English and they'd been incorrectly interpreted mm. into, or incorrectly translated into Spanish. Now, that's not the way I really looked at it. It's all about interpretation of the rules. And Spain is a good example. I mean, in a way, they've kind of had a light version of VAR for the best part of 10 years because, of course, the fourth official, I've talked about this before, definitely. Um, there was an example in um, uh, Atletico versus Valencia years ago when um, Kun Aguero was still playing mm -hmm. for Atletico. Really blatant handball to stop him from scoring. Um, by Carlos Marchena. The game ca carried on for about 40 seconds and the fourth official saw it, Ooh. told the referee, he went back, sent off Marchena, gave a penalty, which Aguero then mm. scored, etc., etc. It was amusing because um, Marchena, who's one of the filthiest players I've ever seen, <laughs> walked off the pitch, like tapping his cheek and going, kick out of, kick out of, like what a bloody cheek you've got. It's like, no, what a bloody cheek you've got, <laughs> thinking you were going to get away with it. But the interesting thing is that the fourth official, in his role, rule, in his role, sorry, of helping the referee see uh, with anything he didn't see, had seen the pitch side monitor and gone, oh, you've missed this. Mm. It's already happening. It's already happened with Sedan in 2006. Well, I, that's... Get my Tim Fall hat on. That's what was happening. <laughs> I'll tell you something. Jonathan Wilson tells a story where it very much suggests that that's not the case from what the referee said. You keep your facts to yourself. Okay. Um, <laughs> before we move on, I know we've got to go to a great break, but I wanted to say that Mason Greenwood's goal was a proper vintage Man United goal that we yes. all grew up kind of watching. Yep. Remember them in the 90s where they would smash yeah, yeah, yeah. you on the break and He's ride from one like end. What a great player. I love to watch him. He's also, got at least 15 goals this season. Yeah, <laughs> um, fifteen plus. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it was it was it was a brilliant goal, and something we can all agree on. Before we do go for the break, Villa four points from safety, they're in big trouble. They've got Palace this weekend, Everton, Arsenal, and West yeah. Ham, and and one could say that there are some winnable games, but you could spin it and say actually all four of those sides are better than them. And we get a lot of criticism sometimes on this show for talking about a game, but only talking about one team. But I'm going to presume on this occasion, Aston Villa fans don't actually want us to talk about them. I was so going to say, yeah. You were doing them a favour. Really. Yeah, yeah. The way they gave Pogba the freedom to score that goal, we, we let's not mention that Villa mm. fans. So sorry, but good luck against Palace uh, and Roy. You're probably boy. going to need it. Indeed. Let's go for a quick break. Welcome back to the preview show, everybody. Sponsored by uh, Betway. Uh, Everton drew one all with Southampton at Goodison last night. Not a classic. Not a classic. Uh, Southampton would be a bit disappointed that they, they did. Marcus, since we come back from lockdown, yeah. just a quick, do a quick mental bit of a myth. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. What percentage of games do you think will be described as, in quotes, classics? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, it, I mean, if you, in, in the sort of the spirit Palace of. Palace Chelsea was quite good. Uh, not a, yeah, that wasn't bad. It's not going to be a classic, though, is it? We've seen some... Uh, you would argue we've seen some classic performances from Manchester United. Yeah. 
vintage. Vintage. Yeah. Vintage, Andy. Yeah. Well, but ho- hopefully for Manchester United, they'll think this is a starting point yes. rather than a peak. Uh-huh. So when you go forward and look at like Premier League classics being played on rainy days or times of night football, yeah. well, not even going to get shown anyway because they haven't got any fans in the stadium. True. No, Don't look as true. good. But we talked about Manchester United. We're talking about Everton and Southampton. Yeah, Southampton would be a bit disappointed that Ward Prowse missed the penalty. He's usually pretty good from set pieces or dead balls. But I mean, yeah. But if you are going to miss a penalty, yeah. I think you want to ping it off the crossbar Is that right? rather than get it safe. Oh, it's very sad. Is that what David Trezeguet said after the, the 2006 World Cup final? <laughs> yeah, <pretty laughs> you know, to be fair, if you are going to do it, I'm glad I did it like I that. I reckon that's what the manager said in the dressing room afterwards. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, the Antoine... bad news is he's missed it. <laughs> but Antoine Griezmann was ever so chipper after missing that penalty in, in the Champions League final in 2016. He was like, oh, well, it just happens, doesn't it? That's a good way to be. If you're a professional athlete, yeah. you've got to put it out of your mind. Yeah. I remember if, if there's a certain <laughs> way. I haven't said that. If, it gives the reporter a bit of a tricky I, job. I haven't doesn't said it? that. Speaking as a person who supports a team that lost a penalty shootout this week, yeah. if one of the players had said the geezer who missed it said that, I'd have been fuming. Yeah, but that's what I mean, though, but, with the but reporter. There is, there is yeah. a certain way to miss a penalty. I, m- I remember when Brian Tolbert was manager of. I've got to hear this. West Bromwich Albion. <laughs> yeah. And they, um, they missed. <laughs> they missed two penalties in a, in, in a game yeah. against Swindon at the Hawthorns. And um, one of them smashed it over the bar and the other had it saved. And he fined the guy who had it saved mm. because his argument was, well, we went through it in training. I said to hit it hard. Yeah. I didn't say to place it. You placed it. Therefore, I'm fining you. Yeah. I suppose if you, if you, if you whack the ball and it goes over the bar, you, you know, what you're aiming for is a place where the goalkeeper won't save it. Because the keeper what, saves the, the, it. the hot dog stand. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, but if you hit the penalty, because he top can't, because it's miles over the bar. <laughs> but Marcus, the thing is, though, it goes back to that old discussion that people. I remember. I remember when I was playing uh, amateur football, and there would there would be shooting training and all that mm. kind of stuff. And the coach would say, would actually go against the grain and say, "Well, I would prefer you to put it just wide mm. than to put it right at the keeper." Mm. But then I've played for other teams when when the coach has said, "Just get it on target," because yeah, yeah, you yeah. never know. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. You've you, got you to can't hit... score. You don't hit the target. Yeah, exactly. So it depends. It depends on your outlook. It does depend. Andy, think, Andy thinks it's a perfectly acceptable way to miss a penalty, which is to uh, to hit the crossbar. So, yeah. oh, I, I, used, you know what I used to been... love to hit the crossbar with a pen. You have <laughs> been playing too much Roberto Baggio's magical kicks. Yeah. <laughs> you <don't> get, <laughs> do you get points for it on that? Not in real life, but in Baggio's kicks you do. Yeah, yeah. Posts, goals and trophies. Yeah, thanks for clearing it up. I know in real life you don't get some kind of points <laughs> to hit the crossbar. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I yeah. forgot myself there. Well, they're, uh, Liverpool are only top of the league because they hit the bar 14 times. Yeah, that, well, that's, that. that certainly helped them. Um, yeah. Everton, though, uh, across the city, Big Carlo has been told he can strengthen the squad this summer. And he, and he said that uh, when he was asked, does that mean you have to sell players? And he said, no. It's mm. one word, no. Don't give me that cheek. But I think they have to be relatively conservative when that's being done. I, and I know that sounds like a a problematic approach when they've just really struggled to a 1-1 draw with Southampton who were mm. much better and they, they, they should have won the mm. game. They should have, yeah. And it took an exceptional Richarlison goal. The, the ball oh, from Dean, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The finish was great. Um, and it's moments like that where you think Richarlison, yeah, he could be Brazil's number nine. But I think when I look at the last couple of Everton coaches, there's looked to be no plan. Mm. There's looked to be was, a lot of money yeah. and no plan. I Koeman, think, was it, that was very much yeah, a case under Koeman. I, that was a I bad think plan. The last thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The last thing <laughs> they need to do is go out and buy six or seven players or eight players. Yeah, but I, I think a couple of nicely placed players. Mm. Andy, though, you can you imagine the chairman and, and some of the big wigs at the club and Carlo uh, opens his contact book and you do sort of go... Let's play a bit of fantasy football. Mm. And you see when, uh, you know, the Hammers Rodriguez being leaked, and you go, I mean, he's not what we need, but, you know, 
That nice to have. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it would be a disaster yes. if they, they went down that uh, road, of course. But, but you... It's like basically if you bought like a, a sort of corner sofa and you had a really small front room. <laughs> so it was like jutting out onto the balcony. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a like but that. it's a nice sofa. It doesn't fit. It's a nice it's, sofa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but <laughs> the question I would ask, without getting into too much into the weeds of this, I didn't see the game last night. Mm. I saw the highlights. I was watching the other well, game. But... It wasn't a classic. No, I feel like I made the right decision after <laughs> after Kate Mason made me watch West Ham Burnley yeah, the night before. Yeah, yeah. Take but, a night off. Yeah, but um, but I don't fully know. This probably says more about me than anything else. But I don't fully know what type of football Carlo Ancelotti likes to play these mm. days. I, I kind of see him as being this. We were talking about it when he was being linked with Arsenal. We were yeah. saying Arsenal need a rebuild, so you don't want Ancelotti in there yeah. really. So he's used to going in there at the top level and and the player whisperer kind of thing, yeah. right? Mm. So I wonder, it'll be interesting to see how they set up if, if he signs new players because for most of the season, they've played either 4-4-2 or 4-2-3-1. And, he's, and he has got a lot more out of some of the players. Mm-hmm. Like Calvert-Lewin's been much improved. Mm-hmm. Mason Holgate looks good at centre-back now. Um, it's been his best success, really, in the last probably seven to eight years, especially if you look at Paris Saint-Germain and Napoli has, has been 4-4-2. Yeah, so he I, likes I, I, I think that makes sense. Well, as well with Ancelotti, I mean, if he's sure, we're not sure which formation in which to play, he'll probably bring up Silvio Berlusconi and ask him. <laughs> Do you think? <laughs> yeah, I reckon. Okay. Well, we'll have to explain where Everton is. To sure <laughs> that is a dig. I'm going to have another dig now, which is going to annoy Marcus, Andy. You ready? Go on. Please. Everton need a new goalkeeper, a better mm. goalkeeper. Yeah, I heard you talking about. Didn't like it, did you? Uh, well, yeah. I like the chat. He would, he would accept Joe Hart on free. <laughs> Andy, I'd like to draw a few Easter eggs in just to make sure Marcus is listening. <laughs> Set the klaxon off. Oh, I don't really rate Pickford. <laughs> Bang, WhatsApp. Well, Marcus Speller. <laughs> so what are you saying about one of my England players? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't think to, if you look at the money they've spent and you look mm-hmm. at what they want to achieve, mm. for me, I don't think Pickford's at the level they need. Mm. Pope would be. Oh, that's a p- sort of possibly, but the, the, yeah. The, the problem with Pope, the problem with the England goalkeepers we've got to choose from is they've got obvious flaws to their game. Mm-hmm. Like Pope's an amazing shot stopper, yeah. like one of the very best. Like we mm-hmm. talked about him against uh, against West Ham, yeah. mm-hmm. amazing play, outstanding. Um, but you do you do wonder if he's good with his feet? You're hoping with the, with um, you know, what's his name, uh, the lad at Sheffield United, Henderson, the Henderson, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that, that, that that would be the one for the future, perhaps. Um, I, I know what you mean though. Going back to the, the who would do Everton sign because if you give him a uh, you know, a war chest or a battle box or whatever it may be. You, you don't want to upset what, what battle they... Battle box. Andy, you, put, Andy, you called the guard of one of the corridor of applause. What do you yeah. call a war chest? What is it in different countries? Oh, yeah, go on. Do they say that in different countries? No, they don't use war chest. What would they say? Battle box? What would they say in Portugal? Combat container? If, 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 Combat container. <laughs> if, if when in, in George Jesus, when he was in his pomp, yeah. he's handed a load of money, what would they say? He's been given a... Well, well... In Portugal, I, I don't know about war chess, but you definitely say if you were offering someone mm. to, in, in French or Portuguese, if you're offering someone a, an obscene amount of money to come and play for you, you, you offer them a golden bridge. Oh, that's oh, nice. Yeah, that's, that's lovely. Yeah, yeah I like a that. golden bridge. Yeah. Yeah, Love that's it. Good. That's yeah. That's a lovely. Uh, not as we're a, we're a military nation. We go yeah. for we go for war chest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if, if you, and that's if to you, our detriment. You can, you can slightly mispronounce that in Portuguese, and uh-huh. if you were to change one letter, it would become golden fountain. That'd be something different. Oh, I would I say that. Like that. Let's move yeah. on swiftly. Yeah. Yeah. Andy, uh, uh, souring the tone again on the football ramble. We apologise, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. No, I, I don't apologise. No, I don't apologise yeah. at all. Uh, more of that uh, from Andy <laughs> Brassel's mouth. Um, uh, let's uh, before we move on, uh, Southampton. I know we bring it up all the time, but to put it in context, what Hassan Hootl's done, that I mean, that 9-0 loss to Leicester was this season. 
by the way. Why, why are we now in a world? I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Why are we now in a world yeah. where constantly oh, losing 9 yeah. 0 at home is held up as some kind of good thing? No, no. Oh, long term, it's been brilliant for no, them. No, Has it? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the contrast. Look at, look at what it did for Palace back in 89 yeah, 90. What, what did it do for them? Look at what it did well, for them. They got to the FA Cup final yeah. <laughs> by beating the same team who tanked them 9 0 in the semi. That's look true. Is that not 91? No. 90 was it? Look okay. at Ipswich Town. Would they have got Paul Lambert in if they didn't been 9 0 by Andy Cole? You know, all those years yeah. ago. Um, but now, Southampton, six points above the relegation zone. They've no, they're not. They're 16 16, 16 yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. They're on 44 points. I'd be happy with that six in, points. Yeah. <laughs> they're 12th. They have slight hopes of finishing in the top half. And what I'm saying is, that night where we played live in Newcastle, look, when they were beaten 9-0, you would have never have thought they'd be in this position. I think, way is, it down it. To, is it down to us to spoil it by nipping in and saying, Hasenhutl would be absolutely great for Spurs? <laughs> Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get on board with this. Wicked what I would whisper. add to that, Andy, is just that if they had won what was a regulation home game against Leicester, they'd be mm. three points better off. <laughs> Unbelievable. And in 11th and not 12th. So you can put it that way as well if you want. Indeed. Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, you can always do better. Yeah. Uh, let's have a little bit of chat about Manuel Pellegrini. Mm. Andy, what about this? Big talking Pelle- to the top gaffers. Yeah. yeah. To, the talk, engineer. Talking of doing better. Um, obviously, he was sacked by West Ham in December. Um, and now he's off to Andalusia. He's going to be in charge of Real Betis come the start of next season. Sign a three-year deal with a side from Seville. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a lovely old job. It really is a lovely <laughs> old job for those who saw him at West Ham. <laughs> but the thing is, look at look at West Ham. Right, we can't be looking at getting fired by West Ham. I don't, as if I don't want some, <laughs> is that, some is that mark his, of shame. Is that his nine nil? <laughs> yeah, is maybe, it maybe it is. Maybe it is. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that I think that job will go on to drive other people around the bend in the, in, in the future as well. Uh, the fact is, he's someone who is a great coach mm-hmm. and can be trusted with with spending vast amounts of money as long as it's not on Felipe Anderson and Andre Yarmolenko. <laughs> is that a nice skill to have? Oh, Love yeah. that in your locker, wouldn't you? What's, what's, he, what's Marcus like? He can be trusted to spend large <laughs> amounts of money. Thank you very much. We're not going for Brewster's millions. <laughs> I was about here. to say. How much have you got? Yeah. <laughs> but but he's, he's hugely respected in, in Spain still. Yeah. That's important. The interesting thing, I think, is Betis have been chasing him for a long time. Something our, our pal David Cartledge mm. point, pointed out. Um, and... I think it's really, really heartening if you're a supporter of that club to think, okay, they've got a plan, they've stuck to it, they're following it through. They've given him a decent length of contract as well. He's got stuff to work with there because they spent a lot of money. It would have been good, actually, if he was in at the start of last season mm-hmm. because they, they spent money on, on Fekir, on Boca Falero, and it's not really happened for them. Mm-hmm. They've not had a plan for such a long time. They've not had an identity on the pitch for such a long time. And of course, the fact that Julian Lopetegui has been largely derided as a club manager has done such a good job at Sevilla. Lovely bit of Eva Benega last night. As he scored last away night. Yeah, 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 he he scored, scored one, set one up. Beautiful mm. free kick. Um, um, in fact, they were both beautiful free kicks. So I think for them to get back in a position where they can at least be mm. an, inconven- an inconvenience to Sevilla because they've just been embarrassing this season. Could they bring back the golden... The Nielsen years. I thought you were going to say the Golden Bridge, or you're going to go down <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. They've given Pellegrini a Golden Bridge. Oh, yeah, the Golden, the Golden De Nielsen years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember hearing um, how uh, from, from um, some friends over there how they um, welcomed De Nielsen to the club. Of course, he was a teenager, the most expensive player in the world. He signs the contract, and you always wonder what they're saying, don't you? When, yeah. when they're shaking their hand and go, "Oh, jolly good show," and all the rest of it. And Did he uh, say, "Why can't you be more like Peter Schmeichel?" <laughs> Like Kevin Keegan. You're ready for your golden shower. (laughs) That's enough. (laughs) The the president said, um, 
Welcome to Betis, son. We've paid a lot of money for you, so you better be good. Oh, wow. Scored one goal a season in each each yeah. one of the next five seasons. It was a bit too much too soon. An underwhelming transfer, sadly, with, with yes. so much hope. Um, speaking of which, Thomas Robert. Son oh. of son of Lauren, we we spoke about him uh, making recently. making making all the press. I tell you something, there was there was a lot of chat. We were skeptical at yeah. first of yeah. the chat that he was going to be linked with some of Europe's top clubs. It was very was, exciting, man. We've hardly, hardly slept a wink, have we? The, Where's yeah. he going to go? Well, it was this someone, mentioned, crown. someone mentioned Manchester United. We we spoke that Newcastle United were, were interested, and that would have been lovely. Yeah, but do you know what? People say footballers are arrogant. Yeah, this lad has shown unbelievable humility. I think <laughs> because he's 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 said no to all. Then he's going. He's opted instead to go to Airdrie. <laughs> Is that what we call the Mike Ashley effect? Right, could I just say? Is he going to get an absolute short shrift when he turns up at training on the first day? When the players he's playing with have all seen the press. Oh, I thought it was Man United. <laughs> But you're playing for United, pal. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here? Edry. What is your father like? Yeah. Don't you about Lauren? Yeah. <laughs> That's a woman's name. Yeah. <laughs> Deary me. Why, why build yourself? What he's done there is the textbook. It's his agent stitched him up. Overpromise, underdeliver. Did he not turn down like a four-year deal at Montpellier? I think that was someone, someone that was reported. I Again, mean, agent talk. Yeah. Yeah. Montpellier, uh, no. I'd love to have been in the Never conversation on the phone, <laughs> on the phone with his agent. Right, Thomas, how you doing? I've got some great news. I found your club. Where is it? UK. Yeah. Premier League's in the UK. <laughs> it, it is in a different part of the UK. <laughs> is it warm there? Yeah. Every agent, now and then. agent, other clients. A dire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, superb. Oh, yeah. Look, he's yeah. a professional footballer. Yeah. But any of us did. Are we being disrespectful to Airdrie, Marcus? Uh, the Millwall of Scotland? Yeah. Oh, I don't think so. I remember them playing in the Scottish Cup final. Yeah, when was, was long, that? A long time ago. Yeah. I, I was saying to you, wasn't I? Mm. I, I, I one of my, my friends and neighbours was describing to me how uh, the Central Coast Mariners are the, the Millwall of Australia. Yeah. I, every, every country needs a Millwall. They need a... They need a... They need to go... I, I, I've never gone... I've never been to Australia, let alone seen... I thought you were going to say you've never been to Millwall. Uh, do you know what? I don't think I have. Have you not? That's poor. I need to correct that. Maybe in a we, while we, when they forget about this. Yeah. <laughs> we'll treat you next season. Yeah. Can, I, can, I, can I just say that, you know, you talk about Man United, you end up in Scottish League One and you're labelled a prat. <laughs> and that's the game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, football's a real winner. Yeah. Uh, oh, there we are. Um, right. Uh, let's have a bit of four to score. Luke yeah, Moore. it's time for four to score with Betway. Uh, each week we participate in Betway's four to score for a chance to win a huge prize for charity. Four to score entry is free. All you need to do is pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selected matches each round. And if you're correct, you can win up to £100,000 this week. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game obviously, and further T's and C's apply. Uh, game one, Andy, are you on game one? It's Wolves v Everton. There is a custom that you must adhere to here. <laughs> Which player have you picked? Uh, well, I've got Marcus's rather sweaty uh, Mexican wrestling mask on, <laughs> and I've picked Raul Jimenez Love that. accordingly. Love it's the that. Correct, uh, correct decision. Uh, game two is Jules. She had Aston Villa v Crystal Palace. We thought because we had a, a spare game this week, we'd give it to Jules because it features Crystal Palace. Let's hear what she had to say. <laughs> Hey guys, so it's highly likely that this one is going to be a goalish draw, but I'm going to go for a Palace win and I think the first goal scorer is going to be Milivojevic from a free kick, another stunner. 
There you go. Uh, that's interesting that she's gone for a Crystal Palace player, Luka Milivojevic. Yep. I thought she'd um, she take. Yeah, well, I thought she'd take a chance to stick mm-hmm. the boot in, but she hasn't. So good on her. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, why should the listeners pay for her prejudices? Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, yeah it's a fair point. Uh, game three is mine. Spurs v Arsenal. Um, I will be winning. I mean, to be honest, if you're a Spurs fan, you're probably not still listening to yeah. this, but I'm not going to win any favours or any credit with any Spurs fans. Uh, I've gone for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang for that game. Uh, game four, Marcus, the final game in four to score is Bournemouth v Leicester. Jamie Vardy. Lovely. Standard. Mm-hmm. No mucking around. So our four selections are Raul Jimenez, Luka Milivievich, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and Jamie Vardy. That's Betway's four to score. It's free to play. Go and uh, check it out at betway.com forward slash four to score. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game and further T's and C's apply. You can win up to £100,000 this week. You must be over the age of 18 to gamble and do gamble responsibly. For more information, go to begambleaware.org. Lovely old job. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Luke's game. It's the moment we've all been waiting for. There's been a lot of heat. A lot of heat on social media about this. Seeds one and two. Come on. Seed one, Andy Brassel versus seed two, Marcus Speller. Provisional seed three, Jules Breach. We heard from her and thought to score briefly there. She's, uh, she's pushing up. She hasn't actually played the game yet, mm. but in other environs she has. She's provisional C3. Kate Mason is seed seven, rock bottom. Obviously, there's only seven seeds because I'm the eighth player and yeah, I don't play, yeah. uh, or the eighth host and I don't play. Um, last time you, these two titans met, it was a, it was a narrowly won uh, victory by Andy Brassel, 3-2. Um, although you kind of had it nailed, and Marcus yeah, when you said narrowly, faith, I, I yeah. got a bit of uh, respectability on the score. But like, because yeah. of Frank Ribery being in the mix, I mean, if something like that had happened in the Bulgarian Super League, people mm. would have been asking questions. They would have, they? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what you mean. Uh-huh. I know what you mean. They ask um, a lot of questions in Bulgaria. So newcomers to the game, uh, I name a player. The guys have to auction and bid for the amount of clubs they can name that the player played for. Um, if they get one wrong or they don't meet the level, the number of clubs that they've uh, bid, they lose the point. Uh, but if they get it right, get all the all the teams right, they win the point. It's it's one of those games. It's quite difficult to explain, but you'll get it as soon as you start hearing it. Okay, so Andy won last time, which means the custom is Marcus goes first this time. Oh. Uh, it's five five players to work through. First to three wins. Marcus can go top seed if he wins this week. Oh my goodness! That's the that, that's the stakes we're talking oh about. My now. Oh my big stakes! So listeners, play along wherever you are. Enjoy it. Um, and I hope you're counting on your fingers like me. <laughs> but do know, but do know mm. that it's much harder when the pressure's on. Mm. Here we go, Marcus. Uh, he's played for ten clubs. The first player we're going to ask you to name the clubs of is he's a legend. It's Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Ten clubs. Oh, blimey, O'Reilly. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Ten in total. Okay. Well, I've got one. That's a good start. Yeah. Got to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah, And he's getting straight into the gamesmanship. Oh, I don't like Counting that. out on his fingers <laughs> in quite in quite an obvious way, right in your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's, your, what's, your, what's your first bid, Marcus? Uh-huh. Um, da-di-da-di-da. I can do five. Is that your bid? Mm. Five. Andy, can, you, can I hear six from you? Will you bid six? Oh, no, I don't think I can do six. I'll let you do five. Marcus, okay. it's on you to name one at a time five of the ten clubs that Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank has played for. Chelsea. Correct. Leeds United. Correct. Atletico Madrid. Correct. Um, and this is the one I'm not sure about. Feyenoord. Incorrect, ah! I'm afraid. The point goes to Brussels. It's 1-0 on, to Brussels. put me out of misery. The, pl- the clubs you could have had started off at Telstar. Yeah. RZ Alkmaar. And then he moved to Camper Marionense, uh, which I've not heard of. Boavista, Leeds United, Atletico Madrid, Chelsea, Middlesbrough, Charlton, and ended his career at Cardiff City. Yeah, that's poor. 
Actually, yeah, I don't know why I got blindsided by this. Yeah, anyway. Ga- right. Game's on. One nil to Andy. I don't, remember, I don't remember Jimmy Floyd at Charlton. Me no, and him used to get our haircut at the same place in Tooting. Is that right? Yeah. One season, 06, 07, uh, scored twice in the league, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, I say I believe, I've got it in front of me. Yeah. Um, Andy, the next player, you are you are bid first on this one. He's played for six clubs in total. Don't forget, if they've played for the club more than once, it doesn't count as more than one. He's played for six clubs in total. You may have heard of him. He retired in 2013. It's David Beckham. Bex! Six Why clubs. did you not give me Bex? Six clubs. <laughs> give him Bex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be able to see all that. Yeah. It's so all six? Yeah. Okay. Ah, so you've given him one there. Well, I just think there's... A, there's I better have Paolo Maldini next. There's one club. <laughs> there's one club that people won't know. He will. Okay, go ahead. Preston. There you go. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Five appearances for Preston. I know. Manchester United. Correct. Uh, Real Madrid. Is Correct. Get, is he going to get... LA Galaxy. Correct. Milan, Correct. Paris Saint-Germain. Correct. No, I can't believe you gave him Beckham. That's 2-0 to Andy. You gave the Andy. top seed David Beckham. It's 2-0 to Andy. I just thought the Preston was dead to care for. He is fuming. <laughs> All right, Marcus, you're up now. Yeah. You're about to get even more annoyed, I think. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Your player is, he's played for eight clubs in total. Mm. This is to save it. Mm. To stay in the game. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Didier Drogba. Oh, Gordon Bennett. See, Andy's all over it right now. Uh, uh, a lot of pressure here, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of pressure. You want to avoid the whitewash first I and do. foremost. I really, really do. <laughs> and I'm really struggling to remember the bloody... Uh, so three there. Then that Don't let Andy psych you out of it. Uh, Don't let me psych you out of it. Yeah. Andy, what would be a really good bit of gamesmanship now is if you start doing your prep bit in French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that, would, yeah. Um, that is so annoying that I can't remember that one. Uh, I can do four. Okay, Andy, can you do five? Yeah. You want five? You've been in five? Yeah, I can do How five. many has he gone? He's got eight in total. Yeah. Um, I'll go six. Yeah, I'll go six. You go seven? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Marcus go six. Why? <laughs> He's, he's bluffing Spice you out it's, no, it's horrible to see. You've bid six, though, so I'm yeah, afraid yeah. I'm going to have to get okay. six from you. Okay. okay, Chelsea. Correct. Galatasaray. Correct. Um, Marseille. Correct. Wangzhou Evergrande. Incorrect, I'm afraid. Oh, it's Shanghai. Shanghai. I, I can't help you there, mate. You can't blame me for that one. I apologise, ladies and gentlemen, for letting you all down. <laughs> the people's champions let you all down. <laughs> what other clubs were you going to go? Um, I, was de- I would have backed myself to remember the one in North America uh, when I eventually got there. There's two. Yeah. You could have had one or two. You knew that though, right? Yeah, I did know that. Yeah. Um, it's Le Mans, Gangon, Marseille, Chelsea, Shanghai Shenua, Galatasaray, Chelsea again, Montreal Impact, and Phoenix Rising. Montreal Impact was the one I got. 3 0 to Andy. You would have got Wing Gangon, wouldn't you? Gangon. My way. Yeah. <laughs> There's two more. Players There's to play two. For. A bit of, you know, bit of pride. Yeah, exactly. So, Andy, you're up first this time. I'm really disappointed that I'm disappointed. Well, we're going to keep. Listeners. We're going to keep going when yeah. I've won already. Hundred yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. percent. That's how this I get would the free never happen in the yeah. NBA. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't. We're not in the NBA now, mate. <laughs> Eight clubs. Robbie Fowler. A quick game's a good game. Robbie Fowler. Five. Five. Mm, I'll go six. <laughs> yeah. Why not, Mark? Have yeah, fun with it. Exactly. You want seven? No, he can't do seven. No, I can't do seven. All right, six clubs that Robbie Fowler's played for, Marcus, if you don't mind. Leeds, Liverpool. Correct, correct. Um, Cardiff. Correct. Blackburn. Correct. Um, uh, uh, I'm desperately trying to remember uh, the one in Thailand. 
because I've been to Leeds, yeah. Um, said Liverpool, said Cardiff. Um, he played in. You can have Liverpool twice if you want, but it's still only four. Yeah, that is four, isn't it? <laughs> oh, which is the one in Thailand. This is going to frustrate me so much because I it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, has he played in Australia? Did he play um, Brisbane Raw? Incorrect. Yeah. Liverpool, Leeds, Man City, Liverpool again, Cardiff, Blackburn, North Queensland, Fury, uh, Perth, Glory, and... This is the one. Wang Tong United. Wang Tong United, yeah. He managed Brisbane Raw, didn't he? Yeah. Another point to Andy. Final player. Here we go. Marcus, you're up first. Oh, Final yes. player to save a bit of face. Come on. Seven clubs in total. Yeah. Adel Tarat. Adel Tarat. That's very frustrating. <laughs> well, he's uh, a frustrating player. He is. Uh, I can do. Uh, I can do three. Andy, I'm going to get the fingers out again. I'm afraid. Don't say it. I heard that. Uh, uh, did you? Yeah. Right. Okay. I'll just say five off the top of my head, seeing as I'm not permitted to count on my fingers. You are. Just like say the names of the clubs while you're doing can it. Can you do five? Yeah, I can do five. All right, let him do five. Yeah, let him do some work. Let him get the whitewash. (laughs) (laughs) Five clubs, Andy. Go on. Lance. Correct. Spurs. Correct. I forgot Spurs, blimey. Queen's Park Rangers. Correct. Milan. Correct. Genoa. Correct. Didn't even need Benfica. Showboating with Genoa. Didn't even need Benfica. Did he play for Fulham as well, didn't he? Uh, Yes, he did on loan, yeah. 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 That is... Oh, you know him now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've been put in my place. That's a a whitewash, Marcus. How do you feel? Rest assured, you've taken this Mm. nine million times better than Kate Mason took it. (laughs) So, So... you're, you're so face there. I, that is an, an absolute yeah. statement win by Andy Bradley. It is. 5 0 from the number one seed. He's absolutely kicked me to the curb. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but but I feel that this is a 9 0 moment for me. You're going to bounce back. Oh, yeah. yeah Your yeah. heart will go on. This is. I think I needed this. I think I got a bit complacent. You saw Jim got two off me the other week. I oh, know, that's pathetic. So that, that yeah. showed you. I think I was coasting a bit. Yeah. So um, essentially, we're saying when we get to the Luke's yeah. game knockout stages, uh-huh. you're going to put me out in the semi final. Are you saying that. that here and now? All, I, I, all I'm that. saying is, I'm actually quite pleased that's just happened. And, <laughs> Andy, you compare yourself to the mighty Maggie yeah. of 1954. <laughs> yeah. You strike me down, Andy. I'll become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. <laughs> that, look, it's a, it's a big win for Brassel. Sometimes oh, the, yeah. the, the team's just a, a little look behind the curtain. The players are picked at random. Yeah. They're picked at random. So Absolutely. You, and, and Marcus had to go first because he was the challenger. And that's just how it goes. Andy gets David Beckham. That's You can explain one of them away, Marcus. You can't explain the other four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how it goes. That's Congratulations goes. to Andy on a massive win. Thank you. Well done, Andy well Bradshaw. Well done indeed. And, and, and well done you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to the preview show sponsored by Betway. Join us tomorrow for another episode of The Greatest Games in association with the Blizzard, where Jonathan and I will be joined by Miguel Delaney to look back at the 2010 World Cup final between Spain and the Netherlands. Yellow cards galore. That'd be brilliant. Uh, we shall see you very, very soon, ladies and gentlemen. Say goodbye, Luke. Goodbye, Luke. Say goodbye, Andy. Goodbye. It's goodbye from me. This was a Stakhanov production.